Listen up and take a knee. I didn't budget for 40. Never thought I'd live to see 30. Now I'm 50. Tired of the horse shit. It's time to throat punch the weak sauce that masquerades as manhood 20 years into the 21st century. And I better start with my own. Welcome to St. Hank's. This is the American Badass's Guide to Everyday Sainthood. And who am I? Well, I was killed twice on basic cable by Bigfoot. And I could parallel park a school bus. But don't worry about that. I'm more knucklehead than badass. Somehow, after misplaying nearly every hand that life dealt me, I'm sitting here at the final table, the money round, the cash game, with a huge stack of chips. But those chips are worthless unless I push them into the middle of the table. Unless I commit, really commit to something. So let's worry about who I'm trying to become. And that is Hank. You do it as tough as it is possible to do. And you do that in all things. I don't know who Jake Cutler is. Up here. Hey, if you want a father, I'll give you a spanking. Popcorn. Hit the yard, meat. If you could, you would. When there's nothing left to burn, you have to set yourself on fire. There is meaning in limitation. I'm going to tread carefully here, so stick with me. There is meaning in limitation. I know some of you are hearing or thinking I'm saying, accept your limitations, but I'm not. I'm saying you can be limitless, but circumstances are not. Not in this life. But sometimes you can use the limitations of your surroundings, your resources, your support, your finances, any sort of limit you're confronted with. Sometimes you can go full Hank. Sometimes You can perform a little good old American jujitsu of the everyday saint variety and turn your limitation to your advantage. The Gracie family took a perceived disadvantage and used it to beat all comers on a worldwide stage. Real, actual Brazilian jujitsu in their case. And they created something better than what limitation had everyone believing was the best. If the Gracies had been the biggest, strongest dudes in every fight, They wouldn't have had to innovate, to come up with something that worked for them and turned out to be better than anything that had come before. The air raid offense, now a staple throughout the sport, was another innovation. Writer James Elroy's telegraph style is another. When he turned to the manuscript for his follow-up to the novel The Big Nowhere, the demon dog with the hog log, as Elroy calls himself, and no one has ever disputed, was told he needed to cut 200 pages. 200 pages, which he did, sort of. Instead of cutting pages outright, Elroy did the harder, more innovative work. He combed through his manuscript and he cut out words, the equivalent of 200 pages of the wrong words. What he was left with was still a sprawling epic of a book. What was left was a masterpiece of saying in one word or one three-word sentence, what others needed 10 words or a paragraph to say. And I think most of you listening have heard those perfectly chosen words come out of the mouths of Russell Crowe, Kim Basinger, Guy Pearce, in the Oscar-winning movie version of 
Elroy's now classic novel, written in telegraph style, born in defiance of limitation, a movie called L.A. Confidential. Do I expect you, against the limitations and frustrations and dangers of the COVID-19 era of history, to develop a system to revolutionize fighting, set SEC passing records, win an Oscar and top the bestsellers list? Of course not. I'd be pumped if you did. But St. Hanks is about progress, not perfection. Everyday sainthood. Measured in tiny miracles that, in the wrong light, could seem just ordinary. Here's an example, smaller scale, from closer to home, of what I'm talking about. I was sent a video this weekend of a colleague's Zoom call with their family. Just a regular Zoom call, the kind we've all, unfortunately, become way too familiar with, until my colleague's partner started talking about her, praising her, painting the picture of a great friend, a loving companion, really the perfect companion for a life, together. And then pulled out the ring. He proposed that he would, in fact, choose her to be his companion for life, if she'd have him. Suddenly, the weight shifted. Leverage was cleverly and subtly applied to the limitation of our no-contact world. Suddenly, the entire family got to experience this once-in-a-lifetime moment, this moment of her shock, her acceptance, and then bedlam. The joyful abandon of a family as pleasantly surprised as the bride-to-be was. And suddenly, Zoom wasn't a limitation. With the application of everyday saint-style spiritual jujitsu, the no-contact meeting brought everyone to the proposal. They all shared in that moment. And because it was recorded, they can share it, return to it, enjoy it, for as long as there's a way to play digital recordings. You'd think that would be enough. That would be a story. And it is. The story doesn't stop there. Or this wouldn't be St. Hank's. Since I'm alone here in the ante room this week, allow me a poker metaphor. A great poker player, which I think I've established I am not, but I know a few. I'm even related to a World Series of Poker champion. Anyway, a great poker player can raise their gaze from the cards to the other players. A great poker player can bet against the reactions around the table. And now, here in this cinema of the mind, I'm hoping to create with this show, I want to zoom out. Ha! Zoom out from this zoomed proposal. Remember, back to proposals you've heard about or witnessed. Raise your gaze from the hood ornament to the horizon. That's what Hank would say. If you know me, and I suspect most of you listening do, you know that I was a bachelor for 46 years. There are reasons for that, and I can glamorize them, rationalize them. But now's not the time for that. I, too, found the perfect companion for me. I could say that I was waiting for her to appear, but that's not really true at all. I met her when I was 19. Now, did I deserve her? Did I have anything of value to offer? The sun would rise and set a few times before I exhausted all the ways I could elaborate on the answer to those questions. Spoiler alert. No. (laughs) No, I was not. I'd have misplayed that winning hand like I did nearly every other card life dealt me. I can tell you, as the activities of my life have narrowed, slowed way down living in a small town, house, wife, weird dog everybody tells me is a cat, 
The activities have narrowed. The scope, the horizon, well, that's expanded. That's exploded into a panorama I never expected. And one that, truth be told, is a little terrifying. Once you have that, well, I'm in no hurry to lose it. Anyway, no more hip slick and cool. No more activity here, there, everywhere. No more success treadmill and sudden changes of address, geography, title, income, status, titles and neckties, late nights, and well, you get the idea. Then, the individual days and nights at that time were exciting. So much possibility. So much new. Every interaction so full of suggestion. And I paid the ante to enjoy them all. But as days and nights turned to weeks, weeks to months, months to years, and years to decades, I wasn't really getting anywhere. My eyes were fixed on the hood ornament, reacting to every bump in the road, oversteering into turns, and not making any real progress. Worse, I was bleeding chips in all directions and winning the tiny pots I deserved. All that's changed. I used to have a great time. Now, I have a great life. And I'm finally mad enough to appreciate the difference. Now I've pushed to the felt. I'm all in and I'm right to do that. Not just that, but the pot's right. Finally, the pot is right. And from that perspective, I can enjoy zooming out of this Zoom proposal and remembering and noticing other proposals. There's not a lot of variation. Watch the players. Watch the reactions, not the cards. And the reactions for show, though everyone's usually truly happy for the couple, or their friend who's part of the couple. Watch when the camera pulls back from the event, each person, and what it means to them. Watch the ring envy, or the ring gloating. Watch the remembering when, the satisfied grin. They can't wait to get home and share the news. Because that's like throwing a little tissue paper on the mellowing embers of the fire of a life together. It will flare up and throw some pretty light on a steady source of warmth, security, and protection. Then, notice the, when will it be my turn? Why wasn't that me? Why isn't he proposing? Remember, this is a call to and a call out. This is Hank reaching out from a better time and place to challenge us to be better men. In the past, a proposal or any romantic gesture was cause to panic. Jesus, dude, can you not? Can you not make it harder for me? I'm fine, right here. Little bets, little pots, little commitment, little, little, little. A lifetime supply of chips bleeding away, here, there, and everywhere. Am I saying get married? No, that's up to you. I am talking about commitment to yourself, your goals, your horizon. All those chips really are potential, but they're worthless until you commit, really commit to something. I'm talking to the men now because this is the one area of the dance where we're still expected to lead. I have more to say about that there's a lot more Hank, a lot more aunties, a lot more stories to be told. There's time. Are you honest about what you want? With yourself, I mean. 
I spent a lot of time advertising for a wife and interviewing candidates who were anything but. And when the right kind of person applied for the position, well, I realized that wasn't what I wanted. Like the song says, I want to do right, but not right now. Here's where the eyes meet the horizon, gentlemen, where the rubber meets the road of being a better man. Are you honest with yourself? Then great. Knock yourself out. Throw your chip stack in the air and hope it falls someplace you can be proud of. I'm no Puritan, and I'm in no position to judge, even if I wanted to. And we can only do the best we can do, knowing what we know right now. The circumstances surrounding each decision are constantly shifting. And if you're locked on the hood ornament instead of the horizon, the destination slips away faster than we can floor it in a vain attempt to catch up. Have you been honest with her? Does she know what kind of a relationship you want, if any? Most importantly, does she know what relationship she's really in? Do you have the guts to risk being honest? Do you have the balls to be true to yourself, your goals, and your word? I promise I won't judge you. Well, maybe a little bit. But that's because I'm a petty bastard in the moments I fall short of being the man I want to be. I can promise you this. No one will judge you harder, more ruthlessly, and in the most painful twist of all, more honestly than you will. Raise your gaze to the horizon. Out there, you'll see the best you. The man you'll be at your best. The man who deserves a great partner. The man who has something to offer that partner. The best version of you is talking to you all the time. Don't drown him out because you're lonely. Don't betray your partner or the person you're with if they're two different people. And betrayal starts small and grows in the shadows overnight. Don't betray them because you're horny, because you're scared, because you're lonely, because it looks good or because it will make someone else happy. You'll only regret the moments you spent with someone after you realized it wasn't right. Or after you realized you should have committed. You'll regret it hard. And you'll regret that it's too late to ever make it right. Just, just believe me. You don't want that. In the end, you betray yourself when you squander your chip stack on bets you don't want. On bets you don't believe. This is experience talking. And I don't want that for you. Okay. First you preach and then you lie. And I've started preaching a little here. So I'll leave it at this. Have the strength and the guts. Have the grace to commit, really commit to something. Put that something on your horizon. Keep the hood ornament and your eyes pointed at the horizon. Then stab it and steer. Crank the tunes and stand on it. Enjoy the ride. Until you reach the horizon or you spot a better one, then do it again and again. You never really arrive in this life. And why would you ever want to? So four episodes in and St. Hanks is slowly evolving into something I can be proud of. I'm sure you've noticed the DIY nature of the show. And if this show has any charm, I'd like to think that's part of it. 
All along, I've teased the participation of my old high school teammate, Mike, and I've teased some episodes from anteroom conversations. That's still going to happen. Besides being a huge inspiration to launching this show, Mike's a talent. He's funny, tells great stories, people love him, and he's served our country overseas. From the beginning, I've believed, strongly believed, that if you're going to use the words American Badass anywhere in the description of your show, you need to include the perspective of some of the best of us, people who've served. Mike and I also believed that for the show to be real, to have the kind of authenticity it needs, we need to be in the same room. Face-to-face is how we wanted to start our anteroom segments for the show. Like I already talked about, there are things we can control and there are things we can't. So FaceTime in the time of COVID for two knuckleheads following the lessons of an American badass and aspiring to everyday sainthood, two reformed knuckleheads who live in two different states and sometimes meet in a third. Well, it's, it's all easier said than done, but we did it. We, following COVID safety protocols, have hours worth of conversation about how to ante up like Hank. Some legends you don't know yet, throat punching weak sauce, chopping it up, busting balls. Sometimes the DIY nature of St. Hank's helped give us a little loft. Sometimes it's an anchor. We're very close to being able to bring you the first of these anti-room conversations. This one's got my confrontation with Danny Bonaducci that led to him working behind the scenes to help me get killed on basic cable by Bigfoot twice. Mike talks about meeting Nick Nolte, James Woods, and Daryl Hannah. And for once, the famous people you admire and meet were cool. Nick Nolte had a little wisdom to share with Mike. We brag about our hometown a little bit. We talk about being rear-ended by a semi on 405, I-405. And what you do when you put off what you really wanted from life for someday. Then, at the back end of your car lying in the freeway, you realize there may be no more somedays. Like everything St. Hank's, it probably won't end up anything like we planned. And so far, that's even better than we could have hoped. All that's coming soon. But until then, and after, you can count on these little conversations every week. I wouldn't miss it for anything. Oh, and why is it called the ante room? Because you pay to play at this table. You push your chips in, or you keep your mouth shut. I'm glad you're all here. The ante room is starting to fill up. I hope you're still in. This has been a lesson from St. Hanks, the American badass's guide to everyday sainthood. I hope you were listening. This will be on the test. Farewell, Youth of America.